This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It is UFC 235 fight week. It's here, everybody. Man, I don't know if, if, if anyone is as excited as I am or more excited than I am, whatever that expression is, but I doubt it. Because I am fired up. It's all I can think about. I barely made it this weekend. Just thinking next weekend, man. Next Saturday. Here it is. My in-laws were supposed to come in this weekend. They did it. I'm like, shit, they're coming in next weekend. Sorry. You know what? You can have the baby. You can have the wife. You guys can do whatever. But I got planned Saturday all day. So don't ask. But uh, welcome. This is UFC. Or, what, excuse me. This is the episode 53 MMA Takes Podcast. If you're just listening, I am your host, the most handsome man in the world, the most suave voice in the world, Brian Petrie. So welcome if this is your first episode. If not, how's it going? You know all those things I just said was a lot. So uh just to, you know, we're gonna we're gonna dive in, right? We're gonna get in, but we're gonna recap Prague, we're gonna preview 235 a little bit. We're gonna talk about what just happened on Ariel's show. I got a top five, we'll cover, we'll cover some things. What I have to get off my chest first. Now, if you don't, if you're tired of hearing my personal stories and my anecdotes, then go and fast forward. I'm gonna say five minutes to be safe, but uh, I, I advise you to listen just just to show how wacky my brain is. So, I uh, sorry. All right. So uh, for the past two weeks, I believe at least two podcasts. I've been explaining to you that I, I I'm back in the training. Well, not quite yet. I uh, little mo cardio, um, and uh, so I've been boxing. I've been I've been doing all that good stuff. Need new gear. I explained I gave my gear away six years ago because you know I'm like I'm not really need this again like a fucking idiot. So now I'm I'm an adult. I'm mature. Back then I was like, well, what are these winning gloves, right? Made from Japan, very expensive, very exclusive, very awesome. Best boxing club you've ever heard in life. Yada, yada, yada. So I have been exhaustingly searching for a pair, right? They're tough to get. I've DM'd Winning Japan on uh, their official um, thing on Instagram, and they don't have any of the sizes I want. Uh, you know, I, I just when I, I didn't even care the color. I was like, this, oh, fuck, do you have 16-ounce lace-ups? They're like, no. 14-ounce in blue. Blue is the last color I want. I'm not a crypt or anything, or I'm out of blood or whatever. I just I've had blue boxing gloves in the past. I don't want it. I don't want them again. And I, you know, I'm a big guy, so 14 ounces. I'm gonna be, you know, that's I'm gonna be hurting people. So strike out there. So then I go to um, Amazon. Now there's some interesting things on Amazon. They're obviously expensive. They're coming from Japan. Um, they have decent reviews, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I I don't know. So I go to SureDog. If you're listening to this, you probably know what SureDog is. It's a forum. I've been over there for, you know, since 04, I think. I think I'm a purple belt, not to brag. Uh, stopped posting years ago. Uh, last time I posted was probably had to have been 2010, maybe. And so I went there and I was like, you know what? These guys know what the fuck they're talking about. There's Every time you type in ordering winning gloves, the SureDog forums pop up. I'm like, these fucking guys know what they're talking about. So I, I, I post in there. No one really helps me. Everyone's just telling me the same old thing. There's a guy in California order through this Ratukin, but they're going to charge you 
they're gonna charge you in yen, and then it's ten percent charge. All this, you if you're listening to this, you're gonna go, why didn't he just go get fucking gloves up the street? Exactly. Why didn't I just do that, or just order off the number of, of real good gloves you can get? I'm nuts, right? I'm my brain is just doesn't function that way. So after all those channels that that people have told me to go down, they just weren't happening because what I wanted wasn't in stock and it was going to take fucking 120 days to get to me. And that's a death sentence. I'm not waiting 120 days to get some $400 pair of gloves. Yeah, I said that's how much it costs. It costs $400. I'm not going to wait $120 or 120 days to spend that much money. I'm just not going to do it. Right. So back to Amazon. The color, I, I had to narrow down a couple colors. I kept flip-flopping back and forth. My dear poor wife is having to put up through this whole ordeal because I'm bouncing off her. Like, what do you think? What do you think? I'm surprised she didn't divorce me. But she was very supportive. She's like, listen, let's just just get a pair, right? So here's where uh, my, uh, you know, I just watched Sherlock Holmes last week. I think I'm the new Sherlock Holmes, right? A little beefier, more American. Um, not as smart, but I think I'm I'm the American Cincinnati version of Sherlock Holmes. So as I'm as I'm reading the Amazon reviews and I'm reading every single review, I'm looking at every picture that's posted on there, trying to decide if these are fakes or not. Right? They almost this company almost has five stars, free shipping. The price point matches what it would be in Japan. I'm just like my nose is in the air. So I stumble across this guy, right? Um, what, uh, let me see. I want to, I want to get his name right because he actually is a good dude because of, of how crazy I am. He, uh, you know, he kind of rode with it. Okay. Fernando Bunch. It was the guy's name. So I saw a picture of this guy, you know, long, uh, he's got braids, long dreads and he, um, You know, it's holding the winning gloves, the wine color. I'm, I'm very deep in the colors. It's like a, you know, it's a color red wine. And I go, okay, that was on Amazon. He said, these are the best gloves I've ever had five stars. It said Fernando Bunch right there. I go, okay. Well, you can't message people on Amazon. If you could, I'd fucking would message every single one. And I bought these. Like, what's wrong with them? So I go, okay, right. I remember this guy's picture. was the only guy that was full geared up. That was like a bo- in boxing gear. Everyone else is, you know, it, it, just a picture of the glove. So. Um, I go, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out with my family. I'm out with, uh, I'm out with the wife and everything. And I see winning Japan, uh, post an Instagram story and I'm, you know, I'm probably at target or taking a shit or something. So I decided to, to, to hit the story and it was, they shared, uh, Fernando's story and I go, holy shit, that's the guy from Amazon. So I see his Instagram handle. I go to Instagram. I start following him and I DM last night and I go, Hey man. Did you buy these gloves off Amazon? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, sorry for being a creeper. I'm just putting two to two together and fucking like Sherlock Holmes, you know, all this, all the stuff I just said to you. Um, didn't get back to me late last night, but Japan's 14 hours ahead of us. So late last night is when these guys are working, right? So they sent me two pictures of the gloves. I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to stop torturing myself. I'm going to order them. Amazon has the guarantee up to 2500 bucks or whatever the fuck it is. If you're not happy, I'll return them. I'll deal with the hassle, but just fucking order them. So I ordered them. This guy gets back to me. He goes, oh, yeah, man, what's up? And then explains to me that they are, in fact, real. Um, he owns three pairs now, and he now buys through Winning Japan on, on Instagram, which if you are going to buy gloves, I would do that as well. You could go to uh, Amazon and buy them like me. I haven't gotten the gloves yet. They have shipped. It's going to take a little bit to get to me. I will... 
review them maybe because there's not a ton of good reviews on winning gloves uh on youtube but maybe i will maybe i'll be an asshole and review them. but you probably are gonna hear maybe one more story about this and then you're done hearing about it because that's it i'm just i put those together i i feel bad for fernando he i followed him he followed me i think we're friends now i think we're gonna be buddies um because i'm i'm, I'm a nut i'm a nut and when i say nut when i say i'm crazy if you have similar similar uh Characteristics of me, don't think you're crazy. I just refer to myself that because I'm a little hyper OCD on certain things. Especially if I'm spending over, if I'm spending below $100, I don't care what it is. You know what I mean? Fuck it, whatever. Yeah, okay. Anything over 100 bucks, I'm good to do some research. I'm good to get to the bottom of what's wrong with it, what's good with it, um, who has it, what they like. I like reviews. So there it is. So there's that. And another thing, we, and uh, so that's it for the winning gloves, okay? You're done hearing about it. I'm going to get the training uh, enough about the gloves. Probably not, though. But second big news, and this is big news for you guys. This is something you're going to care about. So if you have fast forward, stop. We're done talking about gloves. Here's, here's something really interesting. Not interesting. Great. UFC 236, right? They No one knew who, who the pay-per-view was. They announced uh, early last week, early late last week. That Adesanya versus Gaslam was going to be for the interim title. I'm like, oh, great. Still hadn't announced the venue yet. But Adesanya Gaslam, like, that's a great, that's a great idea. Whitaker's going to be out to August, he just said on Ariel's show today. They need an interim title. I like that fight. I like that matchup. I like that fight. Then they put the cherry on top and they go Poirier-Holloway rematch for the interim lightweight title. Tony Ferguson apparently declined it. Didn't want to do it. For whatever reason, he's already fought that before. He's like, I'll wait for Khabib. Khabib's not coming back till probably November, uh, December. They got to get this this uh, lightweight uh, thing going. So Poirier obviously deserves it. Holloway kind of jumping a couple people was a little weird. I don't know. It was supposed to be Holloway Ferguson. Holloway uh, Ferguson turned it down. So then they got Poirier. Poirier's been threatening to leave the UFC. Uh, I'm glad he's not. We talked about that on the Pick'em Podcast just a little bit. But the best part about that is two insane main events. The main event, I believe, is going to be Holloway Poirier and then Adesanya Gaslam to be co-main. Great. Uh, the car hasn't fully filled out yet, but it's in Atlanta. Oh, yes, I'm going. I'm going to be there with Bell's on. I'm probably going to spend a lot of money because I don't go to a ton of UFCs. Not a, not a ton come close to me. will make sense. My in-laws live in Atlanta. They're about 40 minutes out of the city. Drop the baby off there. We're going to stay a nice little weekend. Have the baby be with the in-laws while we and uh, me and the wife, the wife and I are at the fights. We went to the we went to the pay-per-view, uh, the Cleveland pay-per-view UFC. I'm staring at right now the post of UFC 203 with uh, Miss, uh, Stipe and Overeem and CM Punk versus Mickey Gall. Really cool. Seats were kind of shitty. Got that for my birthday. I believe that was in August. So I, I, it was like a birthday gift thing. This time, I think we're going we're gonna to go all out. We're going to get some good seats. Um, I can't be happier. I'm glad it's not in Vegas. I'm glad it's in Atlanta. It works out for me. It's fitting. Adesanya is my guy. Max Holloway's becoming my guy a little bit. So it's only, only fitting that it's in Atlanta. So I'm super psyched. So if you're going to Atlanta, if you listen to this and you live in Atlanta, let's have a good time. Let's put on a good... Let's not be the Phoenix crowd. Let's be a good Southern hospitality crowd. I'm not Southern, but... Let's be a good Southern hospitality crowd and fucking blow the roof off that place. I believe it's the State Farm Arena uh, where the Hawks play. Couldn't be more excited. Whew. All right. So this weekend was UFC Prague. It was a, it was a day card. Um, pretty low card. Pretty good low card. I tell you, I, I did really well on my picks. I'll tell you right now, I went 10-3. and three. 
uh won a little lot of not well, i would say a lot of money but i i'm definitely up big on the night i think i i think the one bet i made i recouped uh maybe a month of losses and we'll get to that so we'll jump on the card i went 10 and 3 on the card good fights overall um we're not gonna we're not gonna deep dive too too much in the card because i mean eh, why but yeah i mean um diego ferrara won another fight he looked good against Husum Havilov, who's a tough, tough out. Uh, I got that one right. That was an underdog win. Um, it fell apart for me in a parlay, though. I didn't bet that one straight up. Um, then I got uh, Michael Bezeris wrong. Michael Bezeris was supposed to be, he was supposed to be Ishmael Naradiv, who was uh, primarily a kickboxer. He ended up winning the fight. Uh, plus 300 underdog. I missed that one. I, it was close. I didn't have a, I don't have, I'm, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to say it was close because Every close fight, I, I put a little money sign next to, and I don't have a money sign next to him. So I'm not going to say it's close because then I'm lying to you guys. I don't want everyone to lie to you. So, no, I did not see that one coming. A plus 300, I did not see that one coming. Uh, Demir Hadi Zolik uh, versus Polo Reyes. That was a tough fight to pick. Hadi Zolik was a slight underdog, got him too. So now that's two underdogs on the card for our and him. He uh, dominated Polo Reyes the minute it went to the ground. Gillian Roberts was a favorite. She dominated and submitted. Uh, Chris Fishgold was a heavy favorite, a guy I was a little nervous about, but uh, looked to get a little tired, but he's, his grappling so good, he submitted Daniel Tamer. Um, Tamer had a horrific fence grab. I don't know what the deal with him and his brother are, but they seem to cheat a little bit, right? I don't know. Uh, Dwight Grant was a plus 115. I have him plus 105. I actually bet him at a plus 115. I bet him straight up. He was my underdog lock in the night, and he knocked out Carlo Petasoli at the very end of the first round. Looking a little rough. I was very nervous during that fight. Um, I put all, pretty much all my chips on the table. I did really two fights. I did a parlay, which we'll get to, and I did this fight. Put a lot of cash on this fight. I've been selling stuff on uh, Facebook, you know, spring cleaning. I got some podcast gear that I don't need now that I got the Rocaster Pro. I got an Xbox that I don't ever fucking play, so I'm like, you know, let me, let me sell these. So... The guy, when he, he bought it for me Saturday night, we confirmed it. But Saturday day, I'm like, you know what? I'm getting this money back. This is almost like free money to play with. So I'm going to put all the money that I sold Maxbox on Dwight Grant. So I had a nice little a couple units, as some of the professional gamblers say, on Dwight Grant. Um, and I also had a, a, a small little um, prop that it would not go the distance. I really didn't. I didn't know if Dwight was. I wasn't. I was obviously confident he's going to win because he's my lock of the night. I didn't know if he was going to finish or not. That was a small little bet. However, it paid off. I feel good. I'm happy. I'm dancing. You know, I've got fucking gloves coming. Let's go. Um, that was a pretty good fight, though. Dwight Grant redeemed himself because he looked good in the contender series. Was an, is an AKA guy. A little wild, though. I think he has a little bit way to go in the welterweight. The welterweight's stacked. I don't think he's fucking or touching anybody at the top 15 right now, maybe. Um, obviously, he does have some power and is a little bit awkward. Uh, then we had a heavyweight fight or a light heavyweight fight or whatever. It wasn't all that great. Maybe it was a heavyweight fight. Petro Yan versus John Dotson. Great fight. Petro Yan got clipped. What happened to John Dotson, right? John Dotson looked chubby. I know he's at 35 and not 25 anymore, but he looks slow. He's, it, it, his game plan is the same all the time. He's fucking back against that cage and he throws his left hand and counters. He ate some big fucking shots. Petro Yan. Uh, can hit, can crack at 35. That dude's tenacious, did not, you know, John Dotson was a little heavy breathing at the end of the fight. Petrian probably, if he didn't get dropped in early in, or late in the second round, I think he probably could have finished it. 
but I think he was playing it cool because, you know, you know, John Dotson still has that power. But Petro Yan is a real deal at 135. He's going to be a top 15, top 10 talent. Very, very active. Very curious to see what, what happens to him next, what he, what he goes next. Got that fight right as well. That was in my parlay. And then I had Liz Carmouche versus Lucy Podova. Carmouche won as a slight favorite. Good fight. Podova got dominated up until the very end, uh, and then she turned it on. She was the only, I believe, the only female from, or any fight, uh, just fighter from Czech Republic on this card. John Vellante versus Michael Oslenek. Uh I mispronounced that guy's name. Yeah, it's close enough. Uh, Olsenek's not a big 205-er. Um, I picked Olsenek to win, got that right. He's a pretty big favorite. Vellante just is slow. And kind of does the same thing. He's mixing some kicks this time, but caught a bit bad liver shot, and, and it's over. Michael Olsen X definitely should be at maybe 85. I don't promote guys cutting weight. He obviously has a speed advantage at uh, 205, so it's working for him. However, he does, you know, he he could he could serve himself pretty well at 185, I think, if he's young enough. I'm not really sure his age. And then the co-main and main event, we have uh, Marcos Rodrigo de Lima, who was a slight favorite over Stefan Struve. I got I picked this one wrong. I actually got both these last fights wrong. This is what screwed up my parlay. Uh, de Lima clipped Struve within uh, a second of the fight, and then um, basically dominated the first round. Then Struve kind of regained uh, control and ended up submitting de Lima. Not a huge surprise. It was kind of a pick and fight. I just thought Delimo was going to be too powerful and and Struve's chin's not the best. And then we have Jan Blahovic versus Tiago Santos. I bet it Blahovic uh, just was a pick and fight and this obviously blew up in my face. That matters because my parlay was already shot. So my parlay, I did I bet it Dwight Grant uh heavy and I and I nailed that. Diego Ferrara was my under one my underdog in my parlay. I also had um Magomed Akadivov, he was a heavy favorite. He won at the heavyweight. It's a fight we skipped. It's a little lame. Uh, we had uh, Petro Jan, and then we had Michael... Uh, I'm sorry, Petro Jan, and then uh, Marcus De Lima, and then we had Jan Blahovic. That was the parlay. I lost off the De Lima fight. Wouldn't matter because Blahovic lost. Let's talk about Tiago Santos, right? That's that, That's. I mean, Petro Jan probably is going to have the... is going to probably go the furthest from this, right? Um, but... Tiago Santos can't be ignored. I've been ignoring him. His last four fights, and I'll tell you what they are. I'll fucking tell you what they are right now. I got a computer right in front of my face. Um, if you go and check the tapes, which I have not, I, I rarely listen to this back because, you know, I, I lived it. I said it. But if you check the tapes, right? Let's go. I'm at Tiago Santos' is, is, um, is, uh, uh, I can't talk, his Wikipedia page, right? So in February of 2018, I picked him uh, him against Anthony Smith, right? That was the first Tiago Santos fight I picked. And I picked Anthony Smith to win. Tiago Santos won, right? Uh, kick to the body, TKO to the body. Next up, got that fight wrong, 0-1. Next up, David Branch, right? Back in April on a fight night um, on the Barbosa-Kevin Lee fight. I picked Santos to win, right? I didn't think David Branch was going to win, Um because I thought Santos was too big, too powerful, too strong. I've never been overly impressed with Dave Branch. Dave Branch knocks him out. Dave Branch knocks him out. KOs him in the first round. Huh? I'm 0 for 2. 0 for 2 on that, right? Did, didn't get the win. 0 for 2 on betting him. So next up with Kevin Holland at UFC on my birthday, UFC 227. This was the first fight of the pay-per-view card. I missed it because uh, Dave and Buster's we called and called and said, did they get, you get the fights? Yes, yes, we get the fights. Yeah, we'll get the fights. 
show up 10 o'clock. Hey, where are the fights? Oh, we don't get them. Okay, go fuck yourself. Um, so we went to B-dubs, missed most of the fight. I picked Kevin Holland as an up, uh, underdog upset. Liked him on the contender series, thought he's an awkward style, long for uh, 185. Santos is coming off a knockout loss. He's got a young kid that's hungry, that wants to fight. Kevin Holland loses in unanimous decision. Tiago Santos decides that he's a grappler. 0-3 picking against him. 0-3. I betted against him on that one. 0-3. Next up, Eric Anders in Brazil. They headlined in Brazil in September. Eric Anders is a guy who I've been impressed with um, from the Lieto Machida fight. He's got a good overall game. Uh, needs to improve a lot, um, but I thought he could get the job done. Again, I'm thinking Santos can probably get caught here. He's been knocked out in the UFC twice now. I, th- I think Eric Anders got enough power to knock him out. Slight under. I, um, I, uh, I'm like, I'm going Anders. Wrong. Anders got TKO, took the fight on short notice in Brazil. Santos looked phenomenal in that fight, right? That should have been a fight that I was like, oh, shit, this guy's real deal. 0-4, betting against him. 0-4, picking and betting against him. Next up, Jimmy Manawal, UFC 231 on December 8th in, um, uh, what was that? In Toronto, yeah, on the pay-per-view, UFC 231. I go, you know what? You know what? Jimmy Manawal, too big, too strong. I remember saying this. Too big, too strong for Santos. Gonna knock him out. Guy's got no chin. Guess what happens? Jimmy Mano gets knocked out in the second round in a crazy, crazy fight. 0 and 5. And then I pick against him Saturday against John Blahovich. I'm 0 and 6 against Tiago Santos. So I gotta start putting some respect on Tiago Santos' name. It's it, it all starts with me. For whatever reason, I just have this thing in my brain that this guy's just not there yet. I'm dead wrong, right? This guy has proven that he's a legit guy at 205. I never want to see him go back to 85 again. He's 3-0 at 205 since going up to 205 to take a short fight notice or short notice fight with Eric Anders. I don't want to see him at 85 again. He's a big, thick boy. He's 6'4", muscled out. He obviously can make 185. I don't remember hearing any rumors that you know he struggled to get that weight. But I don't want to see him again. He looked great against Blahovitz. It was a really slow-paced. Blahovitz is, is a really tough dude at 205. Tough to put out. Great chin. Uh, first two rounds were really close, really even pace. I would, you know, back and forth. Santos landed some big shots. Blahovitz took a well. Blahovitz was really patient, and so was Santos, because Santos, his last couple fights, he goes crazy. We're expecting this big, crazy, um, you know, wheel kick, fucking backflip kick. I don't know. But he, he stayed calm. He did really smart. My daughter unplugs the TV, right? Boom. Apple TV goes. ESPN Plus goes. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't play with plugs. Why'd you turn off the fight? You know, I was I was yelling at her, trying to plug the thing in. It takes fucking forever to reboot. I missed the knockout. My buddy texts me. He's like, hey, I got Santos, which I, he knew I didn't bet Santos. He knew I bet Blahovich. I got Santos and I won. Uh, didn't go to the, the judge's decision. I'm like, well, what happened? So I saw the knockout. Unbelievable left hook. Um, put Blahovich in another world and finish up on the ground. He's a killer. This guy's a killer. And I mean, he did, he did the best thing you could have done. This is what I would advise him to do. He called out Anthony Smith, who he's already beaten. Like, Hey, Anthony, if you, if you get, if you get past John, I'll beat you again. And if it's John, I'll beat him too. That's what you need to do. There's not a ton of guys at 205 right now. I would love to, you know, a lot of people are saying, let's see if Johnny Walker wins 235 on uh, this weekend, had them two fight. I don't like that. You you separate those two Brazilian stars. You gotta separate them. You need stars. One of these, one of Johnny Walker or Tiago needs to fight Dominic Reyes. If Dominic Reyes uh, Reyes wins his next fight, 
But keep those guys away from here unless it's a, a eliminator or for the title. Because you need those you need those those stars in Brazil and uh, and I think Walker and Santos are going to be stars. So that's it. That was Prague. Pretty little card, good card. A card that I kind of slept on. I forgot about because I'm looking ahead to 235. That's just you know that's just my own shit. That's just my own shit I got going on. But um, it was it was actually a really really good card here. Um, and yep. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's get to some topics. GSP retiring. I touched on it um, on the Pick on podcast. I mentioned uh, that GSP is retiring. Um, he did a press conference on Thursday. Listen, GSP is one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he didn't really say much in the press conference. He said there's no tears. He's very happy to do it. He did it the right way, right? The guy's a class act. He might not be one of my all-time favorite fighters. Um, I maybe not always rooted for him because he fought some guys that I really did like. But the guy is, without a doubt, one of the greatest of all time. Probably the greatest welterweight of all time. Uh, well, no, he's definitely the pro- he is definitely the greatest welterweight of all time. Will he retire? And will he always hold that record? I don't know. He's got a really goddamn impressive record, um, as is. Um, uh, I mean, he's twenty six and two, I believe, and his two losses, he avenged those. I mean, the guy, the guy is is I can't um, express it enough how good of a how big of a class act this guy is. Never really seemed to be. You know, I mean, he's one of the biggest stars in Canada. He, he broke the attendance record when he fought Jake Shields. And listen, that's a fucking, that's hard to do. The sell tickets when Jake Shields is your main event. Oh, I mean, I'm a huge MMA fan. Of, and if I heard Jake, GSP and Jake Shields are fighting, I'd be like, okay, is it undercard? Like what? But GSP is that big of a, big of a star that he, he sold out. He broke the records. And uh, listen, GSP is great. And I, and, you know, and, and I have written down here, share a memory of GSP. Um, you know, I, I don't really have too many. I, I literally, I mean, I, the, the ones that come to mind are the negative ones because again, I'm a BJ guy, but probably my best memory will we'll actually, we'll cover it in the top five. I have a top five GSP coming up at the end of the show. We'll cover it. then I have it written down here, but you know, what is, what is old, what is, what is past Brian? Now? The guy that knows shit. Um, next up, this one, this one kind of pisses me off here. Dylan Dennis, who is, who was in the corner of Conor McGregor, who, uh, Khabib jumped the cage and attacked Dylan, defended himself through punches, whatever, you know, I mean, he was maybe talking shit in the corner, doing whatever, but he wasn't going to physically attack anybody. He got seven months, which is retroactive from August 6th and a $7,500 fine. That's complete horseshit. That they, I mean, listen, I understand he was involved in it, and, and Nevada's got to do something. But if Khabib would have done the PSA, then Khabib would have got less time than Dennis did when Dennis, all he was doing was defending himself. You know what I mean? I think it's just complete horseshit. Uh, you know, um, the, the money thing, I don't know how much Dylan Dennis makes. I mean, I don't know if that's if that's going to hurt him too much. I don't know if Connor's going to step in and pay for that for him. Whatever the case may be, but that's just, I mean, it was John Kavanaugh getting, John Kavanaugh got jumped on. He ran in the cage and tried to protect his fighter and he pushed some people out of the way. Where's his suspension at? I think it's a crock of shit. Um, you know, it's a, it's a politics game. Uh, the Nevada, uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission obviously isn't the, uh, the most fair, I would say. A lot of athletic, uh, lot athletic commissions, when they do a hearing and they do their little spiels, like the John Jones one, it's like three hours long and they're talking about how they're going to find people for trash talking. Hey, fucko, you ever heard of the freedom of speech? You can't do that. You can't find somebody because they're talking shit. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, guess what? If you want to do that, Conor McGregor's never going to fight in your state again, you fuck. 
Like, I don't understand why these guys just don't get it. They just don't get it. They're these old dogs that just don't get it. Hopefully, by the end of my lifetime, we see an athletic commission that's full of guys that are my age who came up with me. And obviously, rules need to be in place and everything like that. I'm not saying a fucking have it the wild, wild west. What I'm saying is, is keep it fair across the board. Dylan Danis getting seven months is bullshit, right? He should have maybe got three. Three's already over. Give him a $1,700 fine and be done with it. Let the guy make a living. Let him fight. He was defending himself. Sure, he was a part of the trash talk and all that shit like that. But so were all of them. You know what I mean? They all were. But the reason Dylan Dan's got seven months, and I guarantee this, is because Connor's boys, or excuse me, Khabib's boys got a year or whatever it is. And if Khabib or or if Dylan would have got less than Khabib's guys, which he did, but significantly less or maybe even no penalty, Khabib would have freaked. I don't think Khabib's fighting in uh, Vegas ever again. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think you can forget it. I I think Dana White shouldn't even try it. I know they like doing the big fights in Vegas, and that's where they should be, but I don't see see Khabib doing that every time soon. Uh, James Gallagher, speaking of Connor, mini Connor, Conor McGregor. James Gallagher won in Bellator. He fought in the main event over, I believe, it was in London. Uh, I did not see the fight. I saw the highlights. Uh, I mean, <sighs> Gallagher fought a warm body, right? The guy's got a look, handsome kid, doing all the right things, young, talented, complete opposite of Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's a stand-up guy, a knockout guy. This guy's a he's got to get to the mat and strangle you. There's talks about him joining the. 145 pound tournament, which I don't think he's ready for yet. Listen, you fought a warm body, bro. You fought a guy. It, it was a smoker inside of a Bellator cage. You got paid a lot of money to do it. That's all it was. Um, but you know, you you need a tune up fight or whatever it is. You know, ask Dom to cruise if you need a tune up fight. You don't. Um, but after getting embarrassed and getting knocked out the last time, but he got knocked out by a tough guy, Ricky Bendejos. I like saying his name. It's not. It's not a fucking you know, walk in the park. And Gallagher, uh, you know. Took him like a walk in the park and got and got slept for it. But decent on the ground. And um yeah, so good for Gallagher, good for Bellator. Hopefully it did well. Um, dude, you know, Bellator is gonna do the tournament things. Got Scott Coker's thing, trying to get 16 featherweights in the tournament, which would be interesting. It'll probably get drawn out for the next fucking uh eight years or whatever, so we finally get a winner. But if Gallagher's in there, he's not gonna win. Not gonna he's not gonna sniff the finals, but uh it really it really be interesting what how they seen him up as well. Um, little quick little note, Mackenzie Dern, hey, ooh, ooh, la, la, is pregnant. Yeah, she, her boyfriend, husband, I don't know if she's married or not. It, they announced her pregnancy, taking some time away from fighting, obviously, probably at least two years, I imagine. Nine months with the baby, you're gonna want, you're not gonna want to leave that beautiful baby. So then, you know, probably two years before she probably see her again. Good for her. Um, lucky baby, if you know what I mean. Lucky guy. I was never on the Mackenzie Dern train. I really wasn't, and now I'm I'm all in. And now that she has a baby, I'm I, I'm gonna be a gentleman about it, but I'm still all in. If you know what I mean. All right, and then the last thing. This is a little bit serious. I I, I shouldn't have transitioned that way with Mackenzie Dern and me talking about how fucking hot she is, and then right to something serious. Jamie Stevens um was on Ariel Hawani today. And uh, I'm a fan of Jamie Stevens. I, I like Jamie Stevens. He was talking about how um, after the Jose Aldo loss, he had, he was going through some dark shit, and he's gone through some mental uh, mental health issues in high school, and he had some suicidal thoughts. And um, Dominic Cruz and his coaches and everybody really brought him up, and, and he's in a better place. Listen, um, 
you know, this over the years, this has really kind of affected me. It, you know, when I was a kid, I never thought about it too much. Um, but now that now that I've gotten older and there's like real life pressure and there's some real shit going on. Um, and I've seen it firsthand in, in my family. There's some real mental issues that go on that, that are scary. And, um, and they're, they're, they're nothing to you know joke about. They're nothing to, to really fuck around with. And, you know, I always make sure that, you know, one of the things about me, I make a rule of myself is, is I'm, is I'm honest with myself and, and, and I have a clear, um, vision of who I am. Right. So I'm, you know, it's, it's almost like a defense mechanism. Whereas like, you know, when I was growing up as like a chubby kid, if someone, you know, called me fat or someone said something like that, I already knew that. Right. You're not going to cut me down. Right. I mean, I got cut down when I was younger and then I made a rule myself, you know, you know who you are, you know what you are. You're not going to let someone cut you down and really, really, they're going to win by saying something so stupid. That doesn't, that shouldn't mean anything. Their opinion shouldn't mean anything. So, um, I've always checked myself because mental health has run in my family. There's some issues. I'm not going to get into it, but there's some, there's some things that have affected my, uh, genetic makeup. So it's always been important to me when, when stories break and people reach out that, you know, we, we listen to them because, you know, it, it's important, you know, Jeremy Stevens isn't a drug addict. Jeremy Stevens isn't, you know, a bad guy. You know, he, you know, he has a little bit of, of a mental issue for whatever reason. And we're not going to know. And, and I'm glad he's addressing it and everything like that. I know I kind of got on Tyson Fury about it because of his checkered past. And I don't think you can blame drug addiction with a mental health issue, right? I think it's one or the other. And I think if you have a mental health issue, it's probably because you have a drug addiction, um, they could go hand in hand, but um, that's just my opinion about it. But for me, um, I've had people in my life who, who have had drug addictions and have severe mental health issues. And then I've had people who, who do not have any drug effect. They don't even take a sip of wine. They are straight laces. They come and they, they're dealing with some heavy shit every day. It's, it's a challenge for them. And they, you know, they don't want to reach out and they don't want to talk about it. And they, they want to be bundled up. And, and they, and the, the worst thing is they don't know about it. They don't know it about themselves. You know, they, they don't, they don't think anything's wrong. And when people bring it up, they're like, well, well, no, no, I'm not doing that. So I think it's I, I think it's great to hear Jeremy Stevens and and has a real good support system with whether his wife, his coach, and Dominic Cruz, his teammates, to really bring him up and pick him up and hopefully not go to that dark place and hopefully not um you know not be uh in such a an, uh, you know a situation where you're gonna harm yourself because it's never the answer you know and uh, with me I've never personally never dealt with any kind of depression or mental health issues i've never had suicidal thoughts or anything like that but it's it's a good reminder at least I, you know i i guess it's almost like a meditation even though i might sound like a hippie if i say i meditate i don't sit in a room and you know like indian style you know i sit on the edge of a bed or or anywhere really and i just kind of sit there for maybe like five minutes and i just think about things that are going on why did this affect me this way and why did, the, you know what I mean? I try to break down my day and, and break down my feelings and I don't hide from my feelings. I don't run for how I'm feeling. Um, you you got to be attuned with yourself. You got to know yourself. If, if, if you don't know yourself, then how can anybody else know yourself and help you? Right. And it's really, it's really amazing when people know things about you that you don't know about yourself and the right. So, I mean, not everyone's privileged to have um, great friendships or, or, or wife or great relationships or even parents at this point. But if you, if you are, you know, I'm, this isn't, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to save lives here, but if you have any kind of issue, it's better to address it and not be embarrassed by it and, and, and deal with it 
right then and there before it gets worse. And always, you know, because it's always going to get worse if you ignore it. That's just that's just life, right? You can't ignore something. It's going to it's always going to come back and haunt you. So um, I'm really proud of Jeremy Stevens for saying that. I know other fighters have came out and said that before, but he I felt like he did in a good way. And and it was it was shocking because, you know, Jeremy Stevens seems like a like a guy that has fun in the cage, right? He seems like a guy that, 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 you know, he's not like a, you know, clown or anything, but he seems like he's having fun out there. And he seems, he's been in MMA for a long time. And I've seen his video, uh, vlogs or whatever. And seems like a good guy with a good family and a good head on his shoulders. And, and it was refreshing hearing him say that, uh, ahead of a big fight, uh, you know, he's fighting on Saturday and, um, yeah. So good props to Jeremy Stevens. And we transitioned to that to call of the week. Guess who the fuck it is? Ariel Hawani. I'm listen. I'm not calling him out because like I want attention from him or anything like that. I don't give a shit. I hope he reads it, and I don't want him to ever respond. He doesn't have to respond. He doesn't have to do anything. I want him to read it and and maybe think it's true. This guy obviously is, is like a crazy ex girlfriend, right? Or or scorn ex girlfriend or ex boyfriend, whatever. There's crazy ex boyfriends. That, you know, the UFC booted him out and they did the way they did. They tarnished his name because he couldn't fucking hold on to some information that they told him to hold on to, right? He made everyone else the victim besides himself. So, obviously, his relationship with the UFC is strained. His relationship with the UFC, or Dana White is strained. He's got the big job in ESPN, right? He's got the most eyeballs on him of anybody in MMA, right? If you're an MMA fan, if you follow MMA, there's a good chance you're following Ariel Hawani or know who he is at least, Right? This guy will shit on the UFC for everything. What I mean, he would not stop with the Rachel Autres thing, right? Greg Hardy's fighting the same card as Rachel Autres. Oh my God. He wouldn't stop with that shit. He won't stop with a lot of shit. He just keeps going and keeps kneeling, keeps kneeling. He'll bring it up with Chael Sonnen. He'll talk about it on his the radio show. He'll go on Sports Center and talk about it. He'll tweet about it. He'll retweet other people. He'll like tweets that support his argument. However, and I'm not saying the UFC does everything perfect, but when a guy named Paul Felder fights his heart out, wins a great fight on two weeks ago, gets his lung popped, hit a bubble in his lung that got popped, had to have emergency surgery. He's been in Phoenix, wants to go home, but they won't let him fly. He's got to stay in Phoenix for like almost an extra two weeks. They won't let him fly after he had emergency surgery. The UFC decides to fly his entire family out there, right? Mom, daughter, whoever, fly him out to Phoenix, let him stay with him in Phoenix so he has some family there. What does Ariel Hawani do? Does Ariel Hawani write a puff piece about that? Does he go on SportsCenter and talk about it? Does he even tweet about it? No. The fucking guy retweeted another journalist, who I didn't know who he was, writing what the UFC did. He retweeted it. So I tweeted it out. I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. When it's not negative press towards UFC, you kind of go fucking silent. I think a guy in his position cannot go silent in a situation like this. A UFC does a lot of shit behind the scenes that doesn't get released to public. I know that from a personal friend of mine. They do. They take care of their guys, right? They do some fucked up things, right? They, you know, the whole Ferguson, Poirier, Ali Quinta, Max Holloway jumping them, all that politics stuff. They can maybe handle that better. They can handle the rankings better. They can do a lot of things better. They can they can give me credentials. That's another thing they can do better. So I can go to some of these fucking events. However, I, yeah, well, that's another time. But Arahuani has a duty has a as the number one MMA journalist in the world to talk about what the UFC did for Paul Felder because it made it public knowledge. UFC didn't release a press release. This was heard from Felder manager or whatever. It got it got to word that the UFC is flying these people out, so Paul Felder doesn't have to be so lonely. 
and Arahuani is silent on it. He might have said it today on the show. I think he had Paul Felder on the show today. So maybe he did. So maybe this is retroactive and whatever. But the fact remains, he had him on the show, but he didn't say buck kiss about it over the weekend. But rest assured, if they put Greg Hardy on a on a card with um, Andrew Lee or someone with the Mexican Vines, he'll fucking go on SportsCenter. He'll talk your ear off about it. Tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet. Or if Dana White says something a little off color, tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet. This guy's a fucking phony. And I want everyone to know it. All right. Now I'm, I know I'm hot. I got hots. All right. So this should calm me down. UFC 235. Oh, Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Sorry. I usually don't take mid-shows drinks, but Air Hawaii gave me caught mouth. You got me so fired up. All right, so UFC 235 is this Saturday. This card is fucking stacked, right? The, the very first prelim, preliminary card, probably not the greatest, right? Charles Verde versus Edmund, Edmund Shabazian. Really good fight. Both uh, contender series guys. Charles Bird needs to win. Emma Shabazian barely won his debut. Edmonds over here, guy. Macy Chizan, or yeah, Macy Chizan versus Gina Mazzani. Gina Mazzani, tough, tough girl. Macy's coming out saying she's going to be bigger than Connor and Ronda. Ronda coming out of the contender series. Very, very uh, talented looking girl. Frankie Sines versus Marlon Vera. Again, great, great fight. Let me make sure this is accurate. I'm on the, I don't know why I went to this website. Sorry, excuse me. I had, to, I had to go to my boys at Tapology. They always have the updated cards because some of these little undercards, they switch, and I don't want to be sitting here talking about it like an asshole when uh, one of these people backed up. Okay, here we go. All right, so, yep, we talked about Frankenstein's with Marlon, by, uh, Marlon Vera, another banger of a fight. I love Frankie Science. Guy's not a boring fight. Marlon Vera's got a little bit of steam going right now. Talented dude. Uh, I mean, is he going to be world champion? Probably not, but he's going to give some competitive fights out there. Frankie Science. Same situation. He's not going to be a world champion, but he's going to give some fights. That's second fight night. First fight night, Paulina Vianna versus Hannah Sheffers. Uh, both chicks, very, very talented. Paulina's the one that beat up a robber, kicked the shit out of that guy that tried to rob her. Badass chick. They're kicking off the card. Then on the, uh, on the, the, I guess it's on ESPN, the ESPN portion, you got Diego Sanchez versus Mickey Gall. Woo! Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You're blowing my mind. Hey, Mickey. One of the best walkouts ever. That was at UFC 203 in Cleveland. Awesome walkout. Mickey Gall, you know, he's 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 doing the right things, right? He was in a small town in Jersey at a small gym, and he moved out west. I don't know permanently, but moved out west. He's getting some different looks, right? Diego Sanchez, he called for this fight. He's calling out. He's, he's making really smart fights. He's 5-1, Mickey Gall. Diego Sanchez, is he coming off a win? Um, you know, Diego's at the end of his career. I think he's coming off a Yeah, he's coming off a win over Craig Wright. Before that was a devastating elbow to Matt Brown, which was back in 2017. So he's coming off a decision over Craig White where he he uses wrestling again. He's back at 170. It'd be interesting because Diego, I don't think, can stand with anybody anymore. I think his chin's pretty much gone at this point. However, good grappling. Um, I think his cardio's not as good as it used to be as well. And Mickey Gall is a jiu-jitsu guy, so it'd be really interesting to see how that fight plays out. Next up, Alejandro Perez versus Cody Stamen. Uh, you know. That's a fight. You know, Cody Stamen, tough, tough dude, great record, has some close fights with some really top-level guys. Not the uh, most exciting guy in the world. You know, he looks good with a shirt off, but not the most exciting guy in the world. And then Alejandro Perez, very, very tough guy, coming off the contenders, or excuse me, the ultimate fighter. What? What did he come off of? 
Alejandro Perez. Yeah, this guy's this guy's a fucking monster right now. He knocked out Matt Lopez. Decision Eddie Wineland. What is he coming off? He's coming off. Yeah, okay, he came off the Ultimate Fighter. That's what I thought. Ultimate Fighter guy. Yeah, tough, tough fight. Fight. Okay, all right, not the best. Misha Shurkinov versus Johnny Walker. Now that's a banger. Johnny Walker, a guy who I hate or hate it. Now I'm warming up to him. Looks like my brother-in-law. My wife has confirmed with me. She says I don't know what anybody looks like. He, in fact, looks like my brother-in-law. Um, he's fighting Misha Shurkinov, who is on a nice little heater himself. A little bit of a chin problem, Misha. And Johnny Walker, we haven't seen a... He's crazy, right? He comes out throwing crazy shit. We haven't seen a ground game from him. So that'd be, that's an interesting fight. Misha Shurkinov's a big boy. He's going to take you down. He's going to try to, at least. Uh, a really interesting fight for Johnny Walker. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Jeremy Stevens versus Zabit Magomed Sharipov. Holy shit! Talking about Jeremy Stevens, compliment the guy. This is a fucking banger right here. I've seen Zabit footage of him and Mark Henry's basement um, boxing, yelling out combinations. They got fucking all these things written on the wall for all these different combinations and code names for him and stuff, but he looked good. He looked clean. He looked crisp. He's smooth. He's good on the ground, but you're fighting a buzzsaw named Jeremy Stevens who hits like a fucking truck. Man, I'm excited about that fight. Cody Garbrandt versus Pedro Munoz is going to kick off the pay-per-view. Hell of a fight. I'm nervous about the fight. I love Cody. He's an Ohio guy. I love his. I love his style. I love the way he carries himself. Um, it sucks that he. I mean, he's he's got two back. His only two losses to the same guy. His his arch rival in the first fight. He basically was winning the fight. Got caught. Second fight. Don't know what he was doing. Hopefully he's cleaned that up. He's got some of the best pure boxing in MMA. He's got you know Pedro Munoz is no out. He's got a good chin, decent ground. This fight's not going to the ground. Pedro is going to be swinging some heavy leather. He's got some wild shots. Hopefully, Cody stays tight and, and instead of looking for the knockout, stays tight. I'm rooting for Cody in that fight, if you can't tell. Tisha Torres versus Welling Zhang. Zhang is, is a hot prospect right now. Tisha Torres is a veteran in the game. Very interested in that fight. And it's really the three fights that close the show. Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren. What? I don't know if that's going to be an exciting fight, but Ben Askren has done enough on social media, on press conferences. And he has this mystique about him that people want to see him fight. I want to see him fight. Robbie Lawler's no fucking picnic. Robbie Lawler will fucking use your head at a, at a picnic if you don't be careful. I like that. Nice nice come around there, Brian. Tyron Woodley versus Kamar Usman for the welterweight title. Holy shit. Usman's my guy. He's one of my guys. Sorry for yelling. He's one of my guys. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what the line is. I haven't looked yet. We, I got a pick on podcast coming Wednesday. I haven't even looked yet. But Kamar Usman is one of my guys. I love that fight. John Jones with Anthony Smith. I mean, just to cap it off, a lot of people. I mean, Anthony Smith's like a. I looked at that line. He's like a minus twelve hundred, or excuse me, a plus twelve hundred underdog. You gotta throw hundred bucks on Anthony Smith. I, I don't know if he's gonna win. Uh, my official picks haven't been out yet, so don't ask me. But you gotta throw hundred bucks on him, right? Okay, so that that's two thirty five. That is absolutely bonkers. We are we're doing all right. All right, so I end up. I teased it a little bit before. Top five GSP performances. Again, not a huge GSP guy. Never was. I'm a BJ guy. So it's kind of hard to root for BJ or excuse me, GSP when the whole BJ thing happened. So, but I, I, I'm not stupid enough or ignorant enough to know that GSP is one of the greatest of all time. And he's had some great performances. Number five, Matt Hughes two. Now he he's, he's beaten Matt Hughes three times. Matt Hughes was one of his only losses. First couple fights in UFC, two or three fights. He was dominating the fight, in my opinion. One second left, got caught in the armbar and tapped. Freaked out because the thought was training. I got my arm tapped. 
Could have wrote it out for that one second. It, it was a loss at haunting him. Matt Hughes was the welterweight champion. He was going through some wins. He was he was beating some some tough guys at the time, and he wanted to stay active. So he turned around and fought GSP pretty quickly. Uh, got head kick knocked out the first time, and then the second fight he he got armbarred. Some minute, I believe Matt Hughes did. But the second fight, the reason it's number five is Matt Hughes was in his prime then. Matt Hughes was beating fools. Matt Hughes was still Matt Hughes. And GSP just completely shut him down, and that became the GSP era, and um, and that that was it was an awesome performance. Number three, or excuse me, number four, Dan Hardy. I know Dan Hardy probably wasn't the uh, the biggest name he fought, and obviously it was it was one sided with uh, GSP being you know just so much dominant. I don't think Dan Hardy really had a positive moment in that fight. I am a Dan Hardy fan. I like Dan Hardy. I rooted for Dan Hardy in that fight, but GSP did what he was supposed to do. Dan Hardy should have tapped three or four times in that fight. GSP complete domination showed world class you know world class skill and that's all you really that's all you really want in a fight is and and, and it was heartbreaking because I really did think Dan Hardy had a shot him and that red fucking mohawk number three Matt Sarah two now this is this is tough because Matt Sarah knocked him out in the first fight one of the biggest upsets in MMA history comes back and it is delayed for a while Matt Sarah got hurt Matt Sarah put the fight off for a little bit I believe they go to Canada. I don't know if it was Montreal or Toronto, but I believe the rematch was in Canada. I could look that up real quick. And I, and I know what it was, UFC 83. UFC 83. Yep, GSP. Yep, okay, so it was at the Bell Center, so it was in Canada. Okay, so props to Matt Sarah for taking that fight, too, because that's that's a tough fight. However, GSP had a lot of pressure. That's a lot of fucking pressure on your shoulders. Be going in there, fighting a guy that you got knocked out to that you were supposed to win the first time. I don't think he was as big as a favorite the second time, but he was a big favorite, and he went in there and dominated Matt, Matt Sarah. If I kept saying Hughes, I apologize. Matt Sarah, uh, Tara Sarah, um, one, of, one of the really fine performances of GSP stopped him with knees to the body, I believe, and that's no easy feat. Matt Sarah is tough as they come. Number two, Sean Shirk. This one's great because it's coming off the uh, knockout loss of Sarah, I believe, or maybe it was before. Um, exa- I don't remember exactly. No one. Anyway, Sean Shirk was coming back. Sean Shirk was the guy at 170 that wasn't a Matt Hughes. No one wanted to fight Sean Shirk. Short, little, stout, Minnesota fucking wrestler. Take anybody down. Muscle Shark. No one wanted to fight Sean Shirk. Tough out for anybody. After this fight, dropped down to 55. Or no, he fought Nick Diaz, beat Nick Diaz. Then dropped to 55 and, and won for the title. GSP goes, oh, you're cute. You're a tiny little guy that thinks he can wrestle. I'll elbow you, make you scream out in pain, and then finish you there, cut you open. That's what he did in Sean Shirk. It was a beautiful dominance. That really showed how strong and how good GSP was when he dominated a guy as good at the time as Sean Shirk. I know Sean Shirk's not a, maybe a household name right now, but trust me, he was fucking the real deal. And number one, how to be John Fitch. There could have been a lot of number ones. A lot of people might have picked the the Carlos Condes fight when he, he got up from the head kick. I think George even mentioned that. You could have picked the Nick Diaz fight because I had a lot of bad blood. You could have picked... Maybe even the Jake Shields fight in front of like 50,000 people or whatever. But to me, the John Fitch fight was by far the best because I think John Fitch at the time posed the biggest threat to him because he was almost, they fought almost identical. John Fitch had better, on paper, better wrestling. So John Fitch should have dominated that, but GSP dropped John Fitch like four or five times. Dominated the fight, looked great doing it, didn't get tired once, was fired up the whole time, and uh, it was great. If you notice, I did not add one BJ Penn fight in here because I won't do that to my guy. If you're one of my guys, I'm not going to do that. I got your back. So that's the show. We have the Pick'em Podcast. We'll be out Friday. I'm going to record on Wednesday. 
and I'll be having that out on Friday. I'm excited about that. I cannot wait to break down this card. I'm going to be doing that all day tomorrow. Um, yeah, so enjoy your rest of the week. I will talk to you. You'll hear my voice on Friday. Hopefully, uh, you know, I've always teased. I've always said I'll have a guest or whatever, and it never falls, it falls through. Hopefully, I have a guy picking with me or picking against me. We can bounce some ideas off each other, and uh, it'll be a little fun, be a little change of pace from the uh, from listening to me blab on. All righty. I'll see you.